0: the sunday review with tim graham
1: hello and welcome to the latest edition of the sunday review professor sam was and Dietitian lucy kerrison share some simple ways we can support our physical and mental well-being over winter personal finance expert sue hayward helps us get financially fit and ann oliver will be telling us more about the nimble fingers craftwork group here in east grinstead Paul Tolmey will be talking to Sasha Brown from Mid-Sussex Voluntary Action about a Warm Spaces initiative, as well as an upcoming volunteer fair in the town. He'll also be chatting to Richard Harris from Age UK about the West Sussex Brighton and Hove branch and how you could help support elderly people in our area. Plus, Carrie Overton will be finding out more about local charity Computers for Kids from Colin Hill and Jake Ray and talking about the positive effect it's had on their lives. All coming up in this edition. Many of us are unaware of the simple ways we can support our physical and mental well-being. That's according to new research from Yakult. Taking a few minutes outdoors in a green space can pay dividends and costs nothing. But more than one in ten of us don't recognise that spending time outdoors and bringing nature into our lives can help improve our mood. And while 90% of us correctly identify that sleep has a big impact on mood, 58% admit to not getting enough of it. Joining me to explain more are family psychologist, Professor Sam wass and dietitian Lucy Kerrison. Sam, Lucy, welcome to the show. Now, Sam, if I can start with you, just how important is it to our health to get some fresh air outdoors?
2: Well, it's important for our health, Tim, as we've known for quite a long time. But what is really um, increasingly, we're increasingly becoming aware of is how important it is for, for our mood as well, for our mental health. Um, and this is something that came across um, really strongly from this survey by Yakal that a lot of people are, you know, quite understandably not aware of this. They think that, you know, this time of year, the common problem is people saying they don't have enough energy. So i've had so many conversations with people recently where they just say you know i wish i had more energy to do that or you just get down in the dumps because you know getting down in the dumps is very linked to energy and a lot of people answering the survey very naturally say well when i feel that i've got low energy i feel that i need to rest more so people are talking about things like spending time on the sofa watching tv and that type of thing as a way to get over that feeling of feeling tired but in fact what the research suggests him is is funnily enough it's exactly the opposite and it is quite casual intuitive that if you want to increase your energy levels, then getting out and about and doing some exercise will, will increase your energy levels. It doesn't tire you out. It gives you more energy to do it. So what we're trying to do with this campaign with the ACO is to try to help people get out of that cycle that we all get into. You know, everybody gets into it this time of year. You know, You're feeling a bit down. You don't have the energy or you don't feel like going out. But that means you just end up getting more down and more low energy. So how to break out of that cycle. That's what we're really kind of trying to get across in this campaign.
1: Now, as well as just sitting on the sofa, many of us grab treats at this time of year to make ourselves feel better. Lucy, what are some of the simple substitutes we can make when it comes to food to boost our mood and promote overall wellness?
3: Yeah, good question. So, I mean, some of the research that we've found is showing that about 50%, 49, 50% of people are turning to things like chocolate or a cup of tea, which is okay. And in the short term, you know, might make you feel a little bit better, but actually in the long term, it's not going to help. So the kind of snacks that we want to be including that will help our gut health are those that contain a little bit more fiber. So across the course of the week, we know the research shows that people who are eating 30 different plant-based products a week have a lot more of a diverse set of gut bacteria than those who are eating less than 10. So 30 always sounds like a lot, but when you break it down, it's really easy. So it's including not only your fruits and veggies, but your nuts and seeds, your beans and pulses, your whole grains, so your um, brown rice, quinoa, brown pasta, and also your herbs and spices. So my simple tips would be when you're having a snack, To include a bit of fiber a bit of protein and a bit of fat so for example yogurt with some mixed nuts and seeds or if you want some chocolate having you know a handful of nuts alongside
1: some great advice there now it's the time of year when lots of us make new year's resolutions what advice have you got for simple steps we can take that will have a big long-lasting impact
3: So um, there's lots of different factors in terms of kind of your diet, but also things like your sleep and activity. So my top tips for January is what we all tend to do is kind of restrict foods to feel a bit better or maybe start like a January diet. And actually what we want to be doing is increasing diversity, focusing on those plant-based products, also things like your fermented foods, foods that have got some vitamin D in because we know we're not getting enough from the sun. And actually that's really interlinked with your mood and your gut health as well. So um, for most people I recommend in the UK, you take a vitamin D supplement in the winter months, but also you can get little bits in foods like oily fish, fortified cereals, milks, etc. So from the dietary side, we want to be trying new plant based products and actually increasing the types of foods we're having, which can also help your sleep. And we know improved sleep will actually help you make better dietary choices in the day as well.
1: So, talking about sleep, how can we get into a good routine to ensure we're getting a restful night?
2: So, one of the things on this, you know, as Lucy's mentioned, that there's a lot of evidence for diet affecting it. There's also a lot of evidence, Tim, for being outdoors. So, one of the reasons that um, uh, sleep is often affected in um, uh, countries like the UK, where you know we really get low levels of uh, sunshine uh, during the winter months, is because when we're exposed to sunshine. Um, uh, uh it sets up, you know, it sets our internal bodily clock. So our bodily clocks are set off this kind of rhythm. And when we don't have access to natural light, that can get disrupted, which can lead to either people needing a lot more sleep or it can lead to the kind of the sleep that they get, you know, not being good enough quality. Uh, so... Um, the 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 way to do that is when the sun is shining really really make a lot of effort to make sure that you're spending as much time as you can outdoors it's all you know this difference between you know the real feel of the sun shining on our face you know even if it is much weaker obviously in winter we can still tell that it's real sunshine that we're feeling and and just when the sun is shining you just make sure that you you go out and get some because it really really will help you to feel more awake during the day Um, and then and then the flip side of that is it helps you to sleep better at night as well.
1: Fantastic. We've heard some really good advice from the two of you. Where can people go to find out more information about some of the topics we've talked about today?
2: So if if you want to find out more about this, Tim, uh, Lucy and I both got some tips. So Lucy's got some tips on eating better and I've got some tips on being outdoors. All available um, on the website at www.yakult.co.uk.
1: That's great. Sam, Lucy, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your insight.
2: Great. Thanks for having us. Thank you.
1: As Sam mentioned, if you'd like to know more about improving your well-being during the winter months, visit yakult.co.uk forward slash wellbeing. That's yakult.co.uk forward slash wellbeing. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Many of us set New Year's resolutions to get physically fitter, but how many of us have given a thought to making sure our finances are in equally good shape? As the cost of living crisis continues and energy prices soar, there's never been a more important time to make every penny count. To help us make our money work harder, I'm joined by Sue Hayward, an experienced personal finance and consumer presenter, journalist, and author. Sue, welcome to the show. Why is it so important to make sure our finances are in good shape?
4: Well, you know, Tim, it's one of these things, as you said, sort of getting fit is always the, the top resolution. But actually managing our money is one of the most popular as well. Because and probably never it's never been more important in the current climate, because of course with the bills going up, it's it's a good idea, I think, January time to kind of take stock of your bank account. Have you got any savings where they are? Have you got pensions? Are you paying into them? Are you paying too much on your mortgage? And just kind of declutter and streamline all your finances, because that way you can well end up saving some money. And there may be things like, for example, with subscriptions, you know, lots of us probably have them going out from our bank account. But there might be you're paying out, let's say, on insurance or an old mobile phone that you no longer use or some extended warranty for an old fridge freezer that you haven't had for years. And all those things are just a total drain on your bank account. So it's worth doing a bit of a financial declutter at this time of year, I always say.
1: And is it just simply a case of going through your bank statements and working out what it is you actually need?
4: I would say, yes, it's the kind of grab a cup of coffee time, sit down at the kitchen table. It may not be the most fun job you've ever done, but it is an important one and could save you serious cash. So I would say, yeah, get out the bank statements or do it online if you have online banking and literally go through every payment over the last few months and think, do I know what this is for? I know sometimes with companies, even things like car parking can come up under really weird names because it's the... The, the brand or the company rather than the individual car park but it's always worth checking every payment you've made do you know what it is and particularly with those standing orders and direct debits if you're out of contract ask yourself if it's something you really need you really want and that you're getting benefit from you may think I want to keep that gym membership I'll go next week I'll go next month but if you're not using it and you're out of contract It's worth cancelling because you can always join at a later stage if you decide to. Um, The trick is, of course, waiting till you're out of contract. If you just decide halfway through a contract... I've had enough of that magazine or I don't want those little goodie boxes arriving by post anymore. And you cancel it. They will chase you for the money. So do make sure you're out of contract before you cancel those direct debits. And also you can always haggle down the price. I mean, let's say you want to stick with your broadband company or you want to stick with your TV package. But it's been creeping up in cost. I always say have a haggle. I'm a great haggler and it really pays dividends, ringing them up saying that you love the service, but you just can't afford it anymore. And sometimes you'll be surprised how much they will give you off. The trick there is asking for either disconnections or pressing the thinking of leaving us option when you go through the automated system, because that takes you to what I call the power people. They are the people with the authority to give the biggest discounts and really keep you as a customer. So that's almost the the last port of call. The biggest discount will be agreed then. And if you want to stay, you can. And if not, you're free to go and switch to another provider.
1: And is it worth doing your research before you make that call to understand what other deals are out there and what competitors are charging?
4: Absolutely. And you know what? That is such a good kind of bargaining chip, if you like, because if you can actually go to them and say, look, I've been shopping around and I have found this particular deal with this company and it's going to cost me X a month, but I'm paying £20 more with you, chances are they will take a look at it They may price match. They may even discount it or they may throw in some extras as well. They may give you if it's your TV company, you know, extra channels or something like that. I think you've always got to be clear what it is you after. If you want cheaper deals or cheaper price, then tell them. And if you're happy to pay the same price, but want some extras as well, then they can go that way, because very often they will rather try and give you some extras then discount the price. But still, you can discount the price. I mean, I've done it recently with our TV company, the mobile company. Literally every time a bill comes up, we always shop around and then try and haggle it down. And pretty much usually it will always work. So it's it's worth giving it a go. And you know what? It's not embarrassing like a face-to-face contact that a lot of people think, oh gosh, couldn't haggle in a high street shop or something. If you're over the phone, it's so much easier because you never need to speak to the person again. You don't see each other. And I just think it's it's worth a go. It's your hard-earned cash that's better off in your own pocket than somebody else's.
1: Yeah, I must say, hagglings worked quite well for me in the past with my mobile provider. We usually play a little game where I ask them what the best is they can offer, then tell them I've seen it cheaper elsewhere. And eventually they say they'll either match the price or they'll discount what I'm currently paying.
4: Absolutely. And you know, what? I think when it's worked once, it really kind of boils you up and you have that feeling of success and you think, hey, I'm going to give it a go another time. So I think then you can get on a bit of a roll then. You start thinking, what shall I haggle next time? So, you know, it's brilliant. Other people find it works as well. And I just think it's a fantastic little trick to try.
1: Now, obviously, it's easier to do it by phone or chat, but haggling face to face is a bit more difficult. Can it work though? Can you get discounts in store?
4: You can do. It depends what it is. I mean, I'm not going to suggest that you go to the the till in Tesco or Sainsbury's and start as they put it on the conveyor belt. You start saying, well, actually, I've I've only got 20 quid. You know, can you give me this 30 pound shop for 20 quid or something? That is pretty unlikely to work. But what does work is if you're buying an item that's end of stock, discontinued, maybe the, the display kettle and it's come in a battered box or something like that always worth asking for discount I mean I've had discount for a pair of shoes the box was battered I'm not going to wear the box I threw the box away but I still got discount simply because I said look I'm paying for this pair of shoes they come in a really tatty box doesn't look great can I have discount so it's always worth asking a question but the trick is finding a reason for them to give you discount and as you say like with the mobile phone deal making it into a bit of a game you've got to be approachable you've got to be friendly and it once again it's asking that the power people so don't approach the first person you see on the shop floor ask for the manager because once again they are the people who have the power to give the discounts whether it's the departmental manager the overall store manager and chances are they will often give you discount it may be that you're buying a, a coat let's say and one of the buttons is a little bit loose something you can sort out at home with a needle and thread. Once again, you may be able to get discount if you ask.
1: Another way of getting things back is through loyalty schemes. Now, lots of stores have them these days. Are they really worth signing up for?
4: I always say it's worth signing up if it's a free scheme, because even if you end up with a a wallet or a purse full of cards, they may pay dividends at the till. I mean, some of the best ones, certainly for me, you know, boots, you earn points as you spend and then you can cash those in. I mean, I often tend to save them up for the the Christmas shopping and things. Um, Other times it could just be that you go into a coffee shop and six months later, you find you've suddenly got enough points for a, a free coffee. So I wouldn't let... The places you shop at be guided by which loyalty cards you've got but equally if you've got one i would always use it at the till to get your points and if you're offered any kind of discount or freebies with it then make the most of it
1: now there are certain everyday essentials that we need to buy is there a way of saving money on some of those
4: i would say it's trying to find the, the cheapest supermarket i mean over the last few years we know that the price of food has shot up horrendously i mean. Fresh food inflation is something like around 15%. So the cheapest supermarket, I mean, according to the consumer group, which that was Aldi last year, um, but there's an easy way to find out which is going to be the cheapest one for the trolley load you want to buy. You can go on a brilliant little website, trolley.co.uk, plug in your shopping list and it will number crunch all the deals across the major supermarkets and tell you which one is the cheapest to buy your shopping app this week. It may vary from week to week, It may be the same one, but it's worth doing that. And especially if there is something you want, let's say you do want a bottle of fizz or something that's more expensive. Plug the details into that. And once again, it will tell you that the cheapest supermarket. And if you do have a loyalty card for that particular supermarket, of course, play that at the till. And another little trick is if you go along to the supermarkets later in the day, Anytime time after around midday is when they start to reduce the fresh food and the things with the short shelf life. So the later on you go, the bigger the discount. So around seven o'clock at night, they tend to really slash the prices by around 70 percent. So if you're happy to wait till later in the day and kind of take luck on what you have for your tea or it's something you can pop in the freezer, go down, have a little rummage in the yellow sticker aisle. And you can often get a, a heap of food there at really rock bottom prices.
1: So we've covered quite a lot already, but are there any other money-saving tips that you'd recommend?
4: I would say, I mean, let's be honest, we love going out. None of us want to sort of stay in our houses and be working out, you know, how many meals we can make with beans on toast and things. So I would say, make it your mission to kind of find fun free things or take advantage of deals if there's two for one I and mean, two for one cinema tickets if you've bought anything in the last year from compare the market.com they do their meerkat movies deals which means two for one cinema tickets on a tuesday or wednesday and um, other times you can get fun freebies you know there's worth looking at and just searching in your area to find out what's going on um you know free days out obviously near the summer there tend to be more things and events like that but you know even you can download maps for, for long walks you can join walking groups I would say just look and try and make it your mission as a little fun news resolution something fun and free every week if you can
1: fantastic and where can people go to find out more information about some of the topics we've talked about today
4: to follow me on twitter at sue hayward media or to go to the website which is sue hayward media.com
1: so thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your money saving tips with us
4: brilliant lovely to chat to you too
1: as sue mentioned to find out more finance tips you can visit sue hayward media.com that's sue hayward media.com or find sue hayward media on facebook and twitter We'll post links on our Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Now, every week, a group of ladies get together in East Grinstead to do craft work. They go under the name of Nimble Fingers, and Anne Oliver is here to tell us more about the group and how you could join them. Anne, welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit more about Nimble Fingers?
5: Yes, we are um, a group of ladies, mostly retired, and we're all interested in some form of craft. We also, it's an opportunity for people to meet and have a chat, meet with others, you know, um, have, have just, just generally discuss things, ask for help if needed. And it's just a really nice, friendly group to go. And it's really, you know, every Friday afternoon, it's a really nice thing to do.
1: And what sort of craft work do you do?
5: Just about everything. Uh, both knitting, crochet, cross-stitch, quilting, beading, sewing, tapestry, embroidery. Um, anything you, anything that's craft, you name it, somebody will be able to do it or will be able to find out about it. It's just a wide variety of things that people enjoy doing.
1: So do you work on projects together or as individuals?
5: It, it, we generally work on things individually. There's always help. If you need help with your project, that's absolutely fine. But people will bring their own project, things they're working on, and get on with it um, while we have a chat and generally socialise.
1: Sounds great. Now, I'm sure quite a lot of people probably haven't heard of you before, but how long has the group been running?
5: Well, it was established in approximately 2013, I believe. Cambridge District Council at the time wanted to encourage retired ladies to meet socially i think it was a a thing to not so people didn't feel isolated and they funded a group and therefore it was it was then formed in lingfield actually and that's how it started and it just built up from there
1: so how did you get involved with nimble fingers
5: well i got involved it was the christmas before i retired i retired in march 2017 and I was, for the last three months, I was winding down at work and I thought, I've got to fill my days with something when I've retired. And I went along to a Christmas fair in Lingfield and there was a table being run by nimble fingers. So I asked about it and they said, oh yes, do come along. So I thought when I retired, that was something I could do on a Friday afternoon and I've been doing it ever since.
1: Fantastic. And what sort of projects are you working on at the moment?
5: I'm just finishing off a dog coat. After that, I think probably I'm going to knit a, a stuffed toy for some, because I, I think for sort of thinking of summer affairs and things, it takes me a long time to do anything. I'm really not a talented craft person. <laughs> uh, I'm the mar- I'd, I'd sort of try and do the marketing side of it instead.
1: Well, I hope that all goes well for you. Um, Now, you mentioned you meet on Fridays. Whereabouts do you meet these days?
5: Well, we had to move out of um, Lingfield because we lost the funding from Tanbridge District Council. And we are now in Glenview Community Hub in Railway Approach, East Grinstead.
1: And if somebody's interested in coming along and joining you, do they need prior experience or particular skills to be able to join the group?
5: Not at all. Anybody is welcome of any capability anything they're interested in if somebody wants to come along and learn how to knit that's absolutely fine equally we have some very talented ladies who will come along and do the most amazing things like teddy bears in beadwork which is just absolutely blows my mind because there's no way i could do it and it doesn't matter nobody's judged on anything it's any skills whatever you want to do
1: and do you have an opportunity to learn new skills from each other
5: Yes, well, there's, there are people in the group that can teach pe- other people to help them with their project, show them how to do things. We do also have in outside craft people, experts, to come and teach us. We had a lovely lady that came and taught us to do decoupage, um, which we all enjoyed, and uh, we had somebody with leather work, somebody to teach us beading, somebody with, to teach Christmas decorations, so there's opportunities to do both but certainly nobody need feel that they can't come because they don't know how to do something.
1: Now you mentioned that you first got involved when you saw a stall at a Christmas market. Is that something that you still do? Do you still sell crafts that you produce?
5: Yes, we do. We have a stall. We had a stall this year at actually at Glenview for Christmas and uh, it was very very popular, very successful. We do aim to try and have one in the summer as well. But the plan is to have a summer store um, at, like, at a fete somewhere and the Christmas one. And things are made specially for it.
1: Fantastic. So how can people contact you if they're interested in finding out more or coming along to one of your Friday sessions?
5: The lady that runs the group is a lady called Sheila Marsh. And it's probably best to either email her, which is Sheila hyphen marsh at uk or to give her a ring on 01342 832617 and she will chat to any any interested people, tell them about the group and encourage them to come along because we'd love to see new people. But we do have a Facebook page and we've also got an Instagram page. So there are ways of, of looking us up. Probably Facebook would be better. Otherwise, just come along. It's between 2 and 4 on a Friday afternoon. Just come along and walk in. You'd be very welcome. We are a very friendly group and always pleased to see new members.
1: That's great. Anne, thanks so much for joining me today and telling us more about Nimble Fingers.
5: Well, thank you very much for talking to me, Tim, and you know, and for helping us spread the word about Nimble Fingers.
1: As a reminder, if you'd like to find out more about Nimble Fingers or join the group, you can either pop along to the Glenview Community Hub on Railway Approach in East Grinstead on Fridays between 2pm and 4pm, email Sheila marsh at tiscalee.co.uk, that's Sheila marsh at tiscalee.co.uk, or you can call Sheila on 01342 832 617, that's 01342 Eight three we'll post all the details on twitter at sunday review 107 and on facebook.com forward slash sunday review 107 on tuesday paul Tolme found out more about both the warm spaces initiative and an upcoming volunteer fair from sasha brown community development coordinator at mid sussex voluntary action
6: basically we look after all the community groups and charities in the mid sussex area um, we're there to enable the community and voluntary sector to thrive in the area. Mm. Um, so we do networking, we do training, we do we help groups out with whatever they need, and that varies humongously from it varies greatly from each group from group to group. So when uh, we'll help them with governance policies, um, networking, we also have sector forums. So for example, health or an older peoples forum. So it gets people together so they can um, peer support. And network and um, talk about issues and help each other, Mm. basically. Um, And uh, we also have local networking um, events. So people come together in town. So we do East Grinstead, Burgess Hill, Haywards Heath. Um, I am an East Grinstead resident myself. uh, So I'm able to be at the heart of the community and look after the groups here um, as well with my colleagues, Lily and Nicola, who look after Burgess Hill and Haywards Heath. So it's <laughs> so
0: it's a massive operation in right across the right across the county.
6: Yeah, we're a small team, mm. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, yeah we look at we, we look after all those yeah across the county. Yeah,
0: the vol- the voluntary sector really is thriving now, isn't it? I- I've always I've always advocated that volunteering is
6: great on the CV. Yes, it's brilliant on the CV. Um, it shows you're willing, and it shows you're willing to um, learn new skills, and take time out of your life Mm. to give to others um so it's a brilliant thing for the cv it's brilliant for your mental health it um, enables you to meet people that you would never have met before and you learn new things it's um and it can really help your self-esteem and confidence and um and get you out there it can be tricky um some people do find it tricky but um there's people to help you along the way Um, i always say get the right group and make it you know connect it with your heart Find something you really want to do and really want to help. And then um, it tends to work better that way.
0: And you never know what doors it could open.
6: Exactly. And it can lead you to another job or it can lead you to, you know, um, just friends. It can lead you to a different life. So, yeah, it's Mm. um, it can be really positive.
0: So the Warm Spaces um, Initiative, we're seeing this a lot now, aren't we, in in the recent month following the cost of living crisis? Yeah.
6: So it's a national initiative. There's, they're popping up all over the yeah. country, um, and but um, in East Grinstead and in Sussex, um, we we have um, lots and lots. Basically, what you can do it's a it's an initiative to it's to welcome people, it's to give people somewhere warm they can be, no questions asked, a cup of tea. Mm. Um, um, it depends on the place, but uh, generally something to eat as well. Um, So it's a warm welcome. It's somewhere you can stay all day. Then uh, you're not going to get thrown out after five minutes. um, And you do need to check the times, the opening times of the separate places. Uh, But they've also in East Grinstead, they've been funded by the town council to um, make sure that place is available for people who need it in these colder times.
0: So just give us the um, information about where those where those places are.
6: So in East Grinstead, you have the Jubilee Community Centre Cafe, um, the Trinity Welcome Cafe. Um, the Dunnings Mill Pub, Glenview Cafe, and the Quarry Cafe and Community fridge out in stone quarry
0: it 's a shame that these are needed, but they 're essential now
6: yeah, they are essential, and it just gives someone an opportunity um, and it 's people reaching out to help others yeah. um, people know that you know some people can 't afford their heating um, there's a you know there 's certain people y- y- they just can 't afford it, so it 's nice to have an opportunity to go as well and to get out of their homes mm. and to not be on their own. And it allows them to connect with the community as well. And um, sometimes if, if you need help, there'll be help there as well, just to speak to someone and um, say hi and be, in, be somewhere different, somewhere warm.
0: I can't bear the thought of someone sitting there on their own in the cold.
6: I know, yeah, so it's a horrible thought. And these these places give that opportunity for you to yeah. come and 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 sit there with a cup of tea and maybe a chat, if you want to. You don't have to, <laughs> and just and just
0: see and interact with people.
6: Exactly, yeah. Or sit there on your own if you yeah. want with a book, yeah, no. yeah, it, yeah. Just um, just check out the times I would of mm. the, the places, but they're they're welcome. They're opening and they're they're ready to to um, help you out and um, and welcome you into a space with a cup of tea.
0: People can just turn up on those on those days.
6: Yes, on the days that they're open. um, They they do differ, which is why I say go to um, make sure you check before you go. Mm -hmm. But, um, yep, they can just turn up, no booking, nothing, just turn up and you'll be received warmly.
0: Literally warmly. Literally warmly. Literally warmly. warmly. Brilliant. Um, Let's move on to the um, recruitment fair because we've got that coming up as well. So tell us about that.
6: So we have a volunteer recruitment fair on the 4th of February. So that's a Saturday morning from 10am till twelve. Uh, the fabulous Crown Pub are allow, gen- very generously allowing us to use their pub. So uh, right in the heart of town. Um, so there'll be 15 groups there, um, all coming to explain and to chat to you about your volunteer opportunities. There's no booking. There's no there's no obligations. It's just to, to come and chat, see what you want to do, see we'll see what the possibilities are, and um, hopefully sign up with some groups um, to do some volunteering. Um, there will be teas and coffees, there'll be a nice warm atmosphere um, and so we can just chat about where you want to go forward. Mm. There are 15 groups, so for example being neighbourly, uh, Quarry Cafe and Community Fridge, there's the Kangaroos with Disability Charity, um, Jigsaw Southeast, um, and your own Meridian FM. Mm. <laughs> Lots of your community need you and it, it's, um, it, it's a great way to help yourself and to get out there so please do come chat to us. Um, if you if you've got any worries or nerves just just we can always just have a chat with you so don't worry about um feeling you know um nervous about coming but we'd love to see you there
0: it's it's probably the the case as well isn't it that, that you see these voluntary opportunities but you go oh, well I, uh, I don't know if that's for me but this is a chance to you to go along talk to them exactly. and then just yeah just see if it is for you or not
6: Exactly. And you can connect with the group and see what the wonderful work they do. All these groups work so hard in the local community Mm. and you can be a part of that. And um, by talking to them and seeing them face to face, you can just ask the questions you've always wanted to ask or, you know, those niggling things that you're not quite sure about. So, um um, might lead you to do a volunteer and um, potentially, you know, change your life and um, meet new people.
0: Mm. As we said, it, it can just open so many doors. Yeah. So that's um, that's coming up um, very soon. What what other events have you guys got in the in the pipeline?
6: So we generally do events for the groups. Okay. Um, so we do forums. Um, we have forum every month, mm. um, and we do networking for community groups. So if you are a community group as well and you haven't hooked up with us yet, please do contact us. Mm. Um, go to our website, musva.org.uk, or uh, you can contact me. um, We should
0: say Musva, is that yeah,
6: sorry, it can be tricky, can't it? So, yeah, that's Mid-Sussex Voluntary Action. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just get in contact with us and um, my name and uh, number should be on there.
0: Let me just ask you, how tough has it been through the pandemic for you guys?
6: It was insane for us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was quite crazy. So it went one, it went two ways. So at the beginning, you had all the um, people um, rising up to help volunteer at that immediate um, Mm. crisis point. You had brilliant groups. Like Being Neighbourly was conceived out of COVID, which I helped them set up um, during COVID. And they're a brilliant group that helps people and still continue to do so. Um, So you had that galvanising of volunteers doing those tasks. But then after a while... um, there was sort of became a change of mindset and um, people were very scared to go out of their houses. Mm. Sometimes people changed their mindsets. Some people were doing lots of roles before and then totally stopped. And so we had this change. And so a lot of groups are really struggling now to get volunteers um, because people have stopped. People are quite overwhelmed as well mentally. But I think we're coming out of that now. So it's a really good time and a really good opportunity to start thinking about how you could volunteer again. Um, but um, there are lots of groups in need um, in need of volunteers and in need of help because uh, that 's the only way they can um, survive and thrive yeah um to help our neighbors mm. basically people who live near us
0: so uh, just tell us once more the uh, the warm spaces
6: so the warm spaces um, which are open and available now um jubilee community center cafe, Trinity Welcome cafe. Uh, the Dunnings Milk Pub Clemview Cafe and the Quarry Cafe and Community Fridge and also um, if you are from a village um, or wider around East Grinstead contact your parish council uh, because there are initiatives um, Mm. starting to happen there Um, so hopefully and so if they see a need they will create one and that's for
0: the foreseeable future there's no sort of yeah there's no sort of end point
6: Uh, I think we'll People will probably reassess after the winter and then we'll just go with the cost of living crisis. I don't think it's going away. So Mm. we need to keep helping people.
0: Okay, and then the Volunteer Recruitment Fair is going to be uh, coming up very soon?
6: Yep, on the 4th of February um, at the Crown Pub in town. Uh, Please do come. Please come and have a chat and um, we'd love to see you there.
1: Sasha Brown from Mid-Sussex Voluntary Action talking to Paul Tolmy on his mid-morning show earlier this week. To find out more about the Warm Spaces initiative, the upcoming volunteer fair, or the organisation in general, visit msva.org.uk. That's msva.org.uk. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. This week on Wellbeing Weekly, Carrie Overton spoke to Colin Hill and Jake Ray from local charity Computers for Kids. About the organisation and the effect it's had on their lives.
7: Uh, so, I think we all remember the lockdowns, and it was in the last lockdown in 2021. It was in January. Yeah. Uh, my partner at the time was moaning because um, I had two computers right. that I'd bought to build one. Um, so, I had two spare. And she was like, I've just taken up so much space, take me down a tip. And I'm, not, I, I'm really against using the tip. <laughs> um, but I, I did hear on the news, obviously, there's a lot of kids at the time struggling uh, with access to digital technology for their schoolwork, mm. especially with all the kids working from home at the time. Yeah. Um, so I just popped them onto Facebook um, locally in Hayward Safe, um, to just offer them out to, to local kids. Um, by next morning, I had over 300 requests. I had about <sighs> 150 people on the other ops that ended up offering me their computers um, to see if I could rehouse those. And it just grew from there, to be honest no planning in it whatsoever um and it just snowballed
8: so literally from that sort of post on facebook so people started getting in touch with you and saying yeah. can you pass my computers on
7: that's that's correct and within 2 weeks we had an entire set up a full team working oh um my goodness and within i think within the first 6 months we'd already helped about 3000 individual children um and Today, we now support around 140 different organisations and uh, combine that with um, the different kind of things that we do. It does support around, either directly or indirectly, 90,000 children at the moment. And by the end of this year, I want to get up to a million.
8: Wow, that's absolutely amazing. So what about you, Jake? How did you get involved?
9: So I moved in next door to to Colin um, and I kept seeing computers outside his house. Right. Um, I would walk past, it was summertime And there was computers all inside his house. And I approached him and asked him, you know, what what is going on? Why is there so many computers, tablets, devices outside your house? And he explained to me about computers for kids. And we sat down together that night and we spoke essentially how, with my skills being a videographer and a designer, how I can benefit computers for kids. Um, And we came to the conclusion that we would make a documentary um which we did and it performed quite well on youtube and yeah since then it's um it's been one of those things where i started it and i don't want to stop because it's that feeling of helping people you know when i turn up at a family's door or at at a school and i see so many happy faces when i'm handing Mm. over the laptop or Mm. or a tablet um to to children who who desperately need it it's Mm. it just of fills my heart with joy yeah and i think um and I, I think that's exactly the reason why colin started it in the first place mm. to help people
7: that's that's correct I,
9: I actually remember the very first
7: two people i helped actually the ones that i put on onto facebook like i said those mm. actually went to a lady in billings her she had five kids um i remember her turning up to grab the first day mm. um and i remember one of her children um, was in the back of the car and he had a respirator pack on because um, he couldn't breathe normally on his own um, so obviously put a lot of restrictions in place in terms of getting close to the kids because we don't want them, yes. obviously covered, we don't want them catching it um, and she came back for more to, to help the rest of the kids a couple of weeks later when I had more um, and then I remember um, walking up to Franklin's Village in Hayward Seaf actually with a couple of laptops in a bag for, for a woman and I, I remember the difference it made just in the children's faces mm. and since then I was hooked to myself so you, so you were quite right with that
8: and it's interesting, that seems to be a common thread from talking to people when they're involved in volunteering and charity work, that the, the well-being element, which we'll come on to in a minute, is, is huge. I know that screens in themselves, we've talked on this show about um, the mental health implications of always being attached to a screen, but... They are almost impossible to live without because for y- for children today, they are their homework, they're their learning, but they're also their social life, their their friendships, the way they organise. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to say to my 14-year-old, well, he wouldn't dream of just going round to someone's house like we did, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> ringing on a doorbell and saying, would so-and-so like to come out to me? They just, it, it's... He's it like like, that no. are you, what are you, are you mad? You know, so, they, so that you're providing more than just... A device it is well,
9: it's, it's essentially yeah we're, we're providing um a, a social life yeah. um we're also giving children the the tools and the skill set to progress in life in this um ever-advancing technological world that we're, we're living in um you know and that's that's something that we're, we're proud of um and like you say Back in our day, we would go round knocking our friend's house and <laughs> ask if they could come out and play. Yeah. Kids don't do that. No. They send messages on WhatsApp or, no. or, or wherever, um, and they talk a lot on social media as well. Even my friends, we all talk on social media. I don't remember the last time I saw my best friend, mm. but I speak to him every day on social media, mm. and it's the same, mm. you know, for everyone, mm. um, and it's just giving kids a fair chance yes. Um with, with everything yeah you know i mean it's not not not
7: just for children when when as they get older um as, as we all probably know especially as adults if you want to make a doctor's appointment if you're looking for a job if you need to yeah. find um if you, if you need government support so universal credit or anything mm. like that it's all done online now yep.
9: yeah even um, banking yeah. yes my, my grandparents they struggle with their pc mm. um which they've got um as they've got older and all their banking has been moved online, and the banks have been closed, uh, are being closed, um, and they don't know what to do. So mm. other family members have had to step in and mm. and um, manage their accounts for them, and it's it's so sad. Um, but also, I, I guess it's it's just the world that we live in yeah. now.
8: So for children and households, it's so much more than just something to play games on. It's this sort of it's essential everything. part of life. So. One of the things we're going to be talking about is about anxiety um, and whether either of you have ever experienced anxiety.
7: Yeah, I have, definitely. Yeah, um, likewise. I mean, with myself, it, it stemmed from my childhood. Um, mm. I was abused as a child. Um, I right. had a alcoholic mother. My dad was absent. He was, he was at sea. Um, and I basically had to raise my own brothers and sisters. It was a big household. Mm um and by the time i got to my adulthood i dropped out of school at 15. um i was suffering with severe depression um very very much had major anger issues so i ended up going to a school called finally close which is actually based just outside of hayward which absolutely if it weren't for them i'd be a different person today yeah, i'd, yeah. I'd have probably ended up in prison but that day really, really helped me get my start in life but sadly i did drop out mm-hmm. um so i didn't get my gcses first i just threw myself into 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 the usual things started working and then i ended up doing drugs mm-hmm. um drinking too much and getting a bit lost uh, as you do when you're younger sometimes but as i as i got older i started to find coping mechanisms mm-hmm. um first one was writing poetry wow. um which I found really helped me deal with my own inner demons and things that that I'd struggle with on an emotional level, because I'm really bad at showing my emotions normally. Mm. Um, and then we've been talking about them, but actually I found putting pen to paper, mm. I found that as a really good way of getting it out and putting it, putting it in a visual context that that could help me deal with it. Mm. That 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 just um, helped me control my anger um, in, in a very good way. Um, but then I was still left with the anxiety, and yeah. that, that lasted for years. And, and regardless of how well I did in my career or um, stuff like that, I was always anxious about life. Um, but since I, I I started Computers for Kids and being able to help others and seeing the impact that it has, I find the confidence that that gives me has actually really basically got rid of my anxiety. Wow. I think the most anxious moment I had more recently, which Jake can probably attest to because he, he, he kicked my butt out of it, <laughs> is uh, um, about seven months ago. I, I went into to a severe depression. Um, about a year after I broke up with my ex, I then got a child on the way. I was looking at losing my home because um, I put all, all, all everything into computers for kids, all my savings, all my everything's invested, and uh, I just didn't know where to turn in life. It was like, i was I, I was taking on different jobs and trying to run on computers for kids at the same time. And, and you weren't I, sleeping? No, wasn't sleeping at no. all. And then I found every time I'd take on a job, that they'd have a problem. Um, oh, yeah. Because of me being a CEO of computers for kids, mm-hmm. they'd, it'd always clash. And there's no way I could let it go. I couldn't stop. I'd already started something. It's too late to turn back. And it's helping too many people to, to justify yeah. me keeping a job for him. Um, so I quit. You quit your paid working job. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't work for any company now except for computers for kids. Um how I get by myself now is I do some um self employed work as an IT and business management consultant. Um that pays my own bills. Mm. Um and then majority of my effort goes into running computers for kids and building it up.
8: Wow. And um, yet the impact of that on your well being
7: uh, I earn a lot less <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I've never been happier. Wow. Um, it gives me the time to spend with my son.
9: It's
8: yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's a really inspiring story. Thank you, Colin, for being That's so it. honest. That's I really appreciate that because I think for a lot of people listening, knowing that you can get better from it mm. and seeing and hearing from people who have overcome anxiety and, and manage it and for you to sort of say... It's sort of cured it. That's really inspiring. That's a really helpful message. And we were saying about, you know, the suicide rates of young amongst men and, and young men is really quite shocking. Yeah. And how important it is for men to have somebody to talk to and to be honest. And so hopefully people hearing you talk will... So,
7: let's be honest, at the moment, it's, it, I think it's more important now more than ever that men do talk, mm. um, especially with a cost-of-living crisis. Mm. Um, typically men... They like to be out to be a provider. And I don't think I know many people that can easily get through what's happening at the moment. Mm. And men are struggling a lot, so it will increase suicide rates among men, definitely, Mm. Um, because they just feel like a failure to their children, to their wives. Mm. Um, I know for me, I have three friends that I talk to. Um, Depending on what's affecting me, depends on which of those friends I talk to. Um, But sometimes your friends aren't the best help sometimes you need a professional as well
8: absolutely yep. absolutely there's i think there's a there's a time and a place isn't it when if things are getting you know, in the first instance, that being able to talk to somebody a, a friend, somebody who you trust is important, but as you say, if it goes to the point where it's affecting every aspect of your life, that is when you need professional help yeah. and definitely
7: because it'll damage those friendships as well yeah because um, you put too much, you put too much on them
9: yeah definitely. I also think as well you as as a man, as anyone, as a human, we shouldn't expect people to realize that we're not doing too well. We need to be the ones who reach out. If you're not feeling very well, reach out mm. and uh, talk to your friends or you know, don't be afraid of what they're going to think of you because they're your friends for a reason.
8: Just to sort of conclude, so, because it's not just, as you said, not just computers, mm. it, old phones, old tablets, laptops, mm. any of that. If yeah. people have those, how do people get them to you? So on, uh,
9: on our website, um, we've tried to make it as simple and easy as possible. Um, so on our website at the top... You've got a request help form, or you've got a donator, uh, donator device form, um, which people can very easily fill out. Um, and we will then arrange pickup or delivery of devices. It, it depends requesting a device at the moment. We seem to have um, a bit of a waiting list because we're waiting for the donations to come in. Um, and also, if you wanted to become a volunteer for us as well, um, we've got an easy to fill out form, organise a call back, and we can we can talk to them that way.
8: So are you looking for volunteers?
9: We are very much so looking for volunteers. So
8: what sort of things, if people sign up, what sort of things could people expect to do to help you?
7: So with volunteers, there's multiple things we could do. Um, uh, we need people that are always willing to speak to people online. If you just want to pick up computers for us um, from people that are donating and just as importantly, if you're an IT engineer or tech savvy in any kind of way, we could definitely definitely use you. Uh, we have just expanded into Surrey, um, so we will be looking for volunteers up in Surrey.
8: So it sounds like there's lots of ways people can get involved with you.
9: There um, is just just quickly um so if you wanted to find out more about computers for kids you can go onto the website we've got a documentary that we've made so it, uh, in the documentary it explains everything that you need to know about becoming a volunteer requesting a device donating donating a device and how to get in touch with yeah. us and that's on the homepage of our
1: website Jake Ray and Colin Hill talking to Carrie Overton earlier this week you can hear wellbeing weekly in full on our listen again page on meridianfm.com For more information on how to donate, request devices or volunteer with the charity, visit computersforkids.org.uk. That's computersforkids.org.uk. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Earlier this week on his mid-morning show, Paul Tolmey spoke to Richard Harris from Age UK about the local branch of the charity supporting elderly people here in West Sussex.
10: We're a brand partner mm. of National Age UK. So we specifically offer a wide range of services and support um, from various things like help at home to social activities and information advice to even helping people that have just come home from hospital. And that's in the sort of like the local, the local area. So we're like a local charity for them.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so um, you are the um, volunteer manager. So how do you, um, uh, volunteers, kind of become integrated into your uh, group?
10: Well, I, I tell you what, I, I'm going to start off by saying I think I'm the luckiest person in the world with my job because I've been with Age UK now for about five or six years with wow. this particular role. And um, the, the diverse people that we get... Um, the diverse group of people. It's just amazing. And, And they literally offer their help for free. I mean, it's just amazing. So the process is that people would contact me, whether that would come via the website or other sort of agencies that we use for connecting up with potential volunteers. And then we have a chat with them, Um, And, and obviously, there's so many different roles that we've got. Mm. It's really nice to be able to link them up with a particular role that they want to do because, actually, if they're volunteering, it really does help if it's it's something they want to do. Um, So that's the main aim. We link them up with a group of of, um, particular services that we've got, get them involved, DBS checks, reference checks, and then there's some online training, we do with them and then literally we link them up with with the service coordinator or whatever service they want to go into and we can start them off. So we try and do it as quickly as possible um, but obviously at the same time there is mandatory stuff to do as well. Of course Um,
0: and and, um, volunteering is you never know what doors it's potentially going to open for
10: you. Oh absolutely, absolutely. I mean the, 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 the wonderful thing about volunteering is that if, say, for instance, you're thinking of maybe a, a new role of career, mm. then this is a lovely way to try it out, see if it's for you or not. And, of course, if it is, then fantastic. You can look for paid work, and, of course, we give references as well. So um, if you've done volunteering for us, then we like to think that there is a, a win-win situation for, for, for both ourselves and volunteers.
0: Definitely, and would you say that there's been a sort of increase in the need for volunteers in the last follow after the last sort of two or three years that we've had?
10: Well, without, without a doubt. I mean, the, the cost of living crisis hasn't helped at all. No. Um, I, imagine for, that's for just,
0: I imagine that's just exacerbated it.
10: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we, 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 we've had so many more phone calls from some sort of very vulnerable and desperate people, and, and and literally we're we're trying to keep the amount of volunteers up. To keep up with that demand, Mm. Um, it it, it is is really dramatic over the past few years.
0: And you've had to—I mean, you've probably had to completely reinvent the way that you operate.
10: Oh, we—we did. I mean, it was absolutely astonishing what we what we created when COVID kicked in. Mm. um, We we had a a group meeting, and everything was turned on its head. Really, everything um, for the majority of our services. But we came through that, and it's been, well, it's been absolutely life-changing for so many people. How we've been able to to, to to run with it.
0: So, Richard, tell us how people, if they're listening out there this morning and want to and think, "Okay, this is something I want to get involved in," how can they uh, go about that?
10: Yeah, well, that, that absolutely. I, I think the best the best way to do it mm. is there's a free phone number, and I can give that out to you. Yeah, it's zero eight double zero zero one nine one three one zero. Um, and that, I think that's the best way. And if people if people want to find out any information about Age UK, that's probably the best way to go into it. And on top of that, there's email addresses as well. Um, but I think probably the easiest way is to phone that number and just say what what service you particularly want. And if you want to help out with volunteering, they'll, they'll put you through to me.
0: And there's almost certainly something for everyone.
10: Oh, there certainly is. We've we got, we got about 20, 25 roles wow. um, for volunteering at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I'm extremely lucky, as I said before, I've got about 300 volunteers covering the, the, the whole of Age UK sort of West Sussex, Brian and Um We've got different types of roles. We've got um, some admin sort of type roles, but also we've got the face-to-face um, support at home after hospital roles, um, community navigating roles, first point of contact. So there's there's a there's a lot of there there is a lot of stuff out there.
0: How do you see things sort of going forward now? Now that we're kind of, now that we're touch wood coming out of the, coming out of the rough end of it, are you, are, are things slowly returning to normal now?
10: Do you know? Do you know? What? I feel quite confident about it because mm. I've been through all of this process from the start of COVID, where um, volunteers. Quite rightly, couldn't volunteer because we were supposed to stay by ourselves and self-isolate. But I've seen, I have seen a turnaround, and I've seen more confidence from the community for, say, particular uh, volunteering. And of course, a lot of our services are reopened, Mm. Um, so I I feel quite confident. And uh, if if I wasn't getting any responses from potential volunteers, then I would be worried. But I'm not. I'm getting a good, I'm getting a good steady trickle. Listen. you probably know what I'm going to say paul, but I could always do with more volunteers um but um it's it's been encouraging I must admit i mean the, the period before Christmas was astonishing I think we took on for the last sort of quarter uh October to December we took on twenty volunteers i think twelve wow. in December alone so that was a fantastic um sort of response um for lots of call outs that we do
0: can you can you single out anyone? um Sort of role that's been sort of pivotal that you've kind of oh you,
10: you, you can't say that to me because now if I say one role I'm going to you've get, got to, as, you've as, got as, to call go call through it, all of I, them. <laughs> <laughs> I I think what I'd have to say is w- what, one of the one of the roles that's most in demand at the moment is support at home after hospital yeah. because that covers such a huge area across West Sussex. Not so much in Brighton Hove, but definitely in West Sussex. And if you think we're covering areas from Crawley, Horsham. Uh, right down to Hayward's Heath, Burgess Hill, Little Hampton, Bognor it, it, It's vast. It's a vast area. But we we are desperate for volunteers to do this because, number one, it, it, it frees hospital beds up, which is such a huge yeah. thing you know, everyone knows about. But, of course... It literally does what it says. We're supporting people that have been in hospital, maybe for some time. They come out of there. We might have to sort through the fridge to see what they need for for, for food. They might have to have some emergency housework or emergency shopping done. It's a very practical... It's no personal care. It's a very practical job, Um, and it's absolutely astonishing. It's an astonishing role that is provided by us for for the people in, in West Sussex.
0: So, the, the, the moral then, really, Richard, is don't be afraid to just get out there and, and just put, your, put yourself forward and, and, and we'll do the rest.
10: Absolutely. I, I, can't, I can't really say it any simpler than that, I think that's mm. perfect what you said. Um, we, we, we do training, there's lots of support for our volunteers as well, something that we're working on um, day-to-day on, on how we can improve the support for the volunteers, but yes, there's, there's training. Just come along, give it a go. And the thing with volunteering is, nothing's set in stone. If you do start mm. volunteering with a service and you don't really feel that it's doing it for you, just let us know and we'll try and put you into something else that is, is more your thing. So it, it's very, very flexible, and I think that's the, that's the way it's got to be at the moment.
0: Richard, absolute Make pleasure it. to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and, uh, thank you. Can
10: I just say one more thing? I just want to thank all of my amazing team of volunteers that I've got. You guys are the best, and don't hear it from anyone else, that you are the best.
1: Richard Harris from Age UK West Sussex Brighton and Hove in conversation there with Paul told me earlier this week. If you'd like to find out more about Age UK or volunteer your services, call free on 0800 019 1310. That's 0800 019 1310. You'll also find them online at ageuk.org.uk forward slash West Sussex Brighton Hove. That's ageuk.org.uk forward slash West Sussex Brighton Hove. And that's it for the latest edition. We've got all the information on the features you've heard today on Twitter at Sunday Review 107 or on Facebook.com forward slash Sunday Review 107. I'll be back on air next Sunday morning from 10am on 107 Meridian FM or on meridianfm.com or you can download the latest podcast. Until then, take care and have a great week ahead.